0: welcome to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. I am Janelle, your host for today's continuing conversation on marriage and emotional connection. August brought a milestone into my marriage to my husband, Rob. We were married 35 years. Truly remarkable. They say happens in the blink of an eye, and on some level it feels that way, but on other levels we've we've worked through quite a bit in these 35 years. And I wanted to give back. I wanted to call back, as I like to say a lot in our community, and just spend some time talking about the power of emotional connection inside of our intimate relationships. You know, we've talked about attachment. We've talked about attunement. We've talked about here today, we are talking about acceptance and the power of truly being seen and known and valued for our God breathed essence. In the Speak Healing Words community, we are so committed to that 3 cord, healthy sense of self, healthy behavior patterns, and healthy communication skills. I absolutely believe that when this three-fold cord is tightly practiced and tightly woven in our lives, every aspect of our life and our relationships becomes so much better so so much better so we've talked about attachment we've talked about attunement and today here on this part three we're going to talk about acceptance and if i had to subtitle today it would be let peter be peter so stay tuned because we're going to talk about a great man who was quite imperfect but also amazingly (laughs) used by god so that always gives me great courage that, um, woo, the foolish things of this world confound the wise, that God calls people who are seemingly inadequate and forms them into beautiful expressions of the work of faith. So in this three part series, uh, here today on the third, uh, the third episode, Acceptance, I want to start as I always do with the understanding of what acceptance really means. So when we look at acceptance, we see the word accept as its root. And when you look at the definition, there are varying definitions depending on the source obviously. But the one I want to like hone in on today, one I want to put on put on you know really good clear glasses is the explanation that acceptance is to value or esteem, to value or esteem. Now the root of acceptance, accept actually comes from proslambano. I think I'm saying that correctly, to receive. It denotes to take to oneself and it's, it's always in the middle voice. It's signifying that there's a special interest on the part of the receiver. So when we think about acceptance, there is a strong spotlight on the part of the receiver. Hence, it's very, very personal. I love there are several interpretations of this when we look at it in the Greek to take as one's companion. So you accept someone, right, into your sphere, into your your spheres of influence. It can also mean to take by the hand in order to lead aside. I thought that was so interesting. To receive. To take or receive into one's home with the collateral idea of kindness. So, always looking at the words within the words and the um, connotations within the word. So, there is this synonymous feeling with acceptance and kindness. The one that grabbed me, though, (laughs) was to receive, as I've said, but to grant one access to one's heart. Well, I know you know why I latched on to that, because our footing for our community is Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for from it flow all, (laughs) everything flows from the heart and influences the life. So when we accept one another, as it says in Romans 15, verses 7 through 14, Romans being in the New Testament, a beautiful book written by Paul to the church of Rome, Paul writes, Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. So that's a rudiment of our faith walk. That's one of those clear Lenses that I look through the world, I look through at the world. Preslambano, verb, to grant one access to one's heart. You know, at the very beginning of our series in episode 19, in the attachment episode, I began by asking these three vital questions Am I ready to be fully seen and fully known? Am I ready to feel safe enough in my relationships to be my truest self? Am I ready to be fully human yet fully capable of receiving God's love and grace in my love and relationships? And that speaks so much to our subtitle, Let Peter Be Peter, because Peter was fully human but he was also fully capable of receiving God's love and grace in his life and in his relationships and in his vocation. So that's, that's the beauty of how Jesus looked at people. Now, of course, God sent his one and only son from heaven to earth in the form of a little infant born in a manger, humble beginnings, Jesus then embodied being fully human, but he was always fully God. And so I think it's interesting when I think of Peter particularly, they're not, if you're not aware of Peter's life, I hope today maybe opens your eyes a little bit and gives you a great big dose of encouragement because Peter was very impetuous. And so he was fully human and, and God knew that. And Jesus knew that when he drew Peter to himself and asked Peter to follow this new way that Jesus was talking about. Acceptance in human psychology is a person's assent to the reality of a situation, recognizing a process or condition, often a negative or uncomfortable situation. Without attempting to change it or protest it. So accept is often heard in the realms of like Alcoholics Anonymous. It's heard in the fifth stage of the Kubler-Ross model of grief and dying. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and finally acceptance. One of my favorite teachers, Elizabeth Elliot, used to say all the time, in acceptance lies peace. And our spiritual journey tends to take us along that same Kubler Ross model on many, on many levels, because you know when we're when we're thrust into a circumstance, situation, or difficult relationship, our breath is taken away. I write thoroughly about this in overcoming hurtful words. Our breath is taken away and we then start to move through a process. And that process usually involves those five steps, denial, anger, bargaining with God, depression. But when we work into that fifth stage of acceptance, peace tends to fall upon us like a beautiful winter snow. The concept of acceptance in psychology is close in meaning to one of my favorite words, and I say this all the time, but it really is, acquiescence. And I write about acquiescence in my first book, Rock Solid Families. And acquiescence is derived from the Latin acquiescere, which means to find rest in. So when I am sharing or teaching, I usually... Surrender is a beautiful word even in my client sessions, but acquiescence takes it a step further because in acquiescence to something, you are surrendering, you are letting go, but you are ultimately finding rest in the midst of the storm, the trial, the difficulty. So our our mindset then is to always work towards that fifth step of acceptance and i know for my own self boy i've i've been there so many times when i finally just you know throw my hands up in the air and i'm just like i've got nothing left and so okay god i surrender i accept the reality of the situation even though it's uncomfortable and I'm not going to try to change it. I'm not going to protest against it anymore. I'm going to receive it and take it into my heart and know that you, God, my Father, ultimately will transform any negative into a positive. You will, as Romans eight twenty eight says, you will make this work out for good in my life. So acceptance can be contrasted with resistance, right? You know, and there are different types of acceptance. There's conditional acceptance. I'll accept you if. There's expressed acceptance, implied social acceptance, and probably the most important, self-acceptance. Accepting that station of our life, that condition in our life. So as we work through our beautiful practices of attachment, learning to be secure, learning to be safe, learning to choose safe relationships, safe people. And I'm going to talk a lot more about that in our fourth episode of this mini series next week, which is accountability. So every relationship has problems. We know that. And because every person has problems and the place that our problems appear most glaringly is in our close relationships. So in these close relationships, this is where the iron sharpens iron to borrow a metaphor from the scriptures. Um, We call each other to um, higher levels. And so to accept Someone is really perhaps the greater work here. Once we learn to be secure and to have be safe in our own bodies and to know our essence and move more through life from our true God breathed identity and not our personality that we perhaps have learned through coping and defense mechanisms and other things, personality being how we show up for life, when we really possess this secure attachment that I talk a lot about, then we are really known. We know our value, worth, and dignity. We do not need any outside disordered attachments to make us feel complete or better about ourselves. If you need more on that, please listen back to episode 19. So today, when we're talking about acceptance, I could not share. I had to share. I could not not share, right? I had to share about a beautiful experience that my husband and i had this summer you know i love rodanthe uh, if you've seen the movie *Nicholas sparks or read the book knights in rodanthe rodanthe is the the star of those books and movie and it's a part of the tri villages a tri villages yes in um the outer banks waves salvo and rodanthe and i'm right extensively about it in my next book but my husband and i just love 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 this piece of geography on the planet and thankfully it is only about three hours from our home two and a half maybe depending on traffic and we've gone so many times this summer it's our respite it's our haven it's our place to recharge it's our place to connect with God with each other and with ourselves and we love the beaches of Erdanthe they're they're (laughs) pretty evacuate there's not many people there so uh, i love my son-in-law calls it like the apocalypse beach and you climb over this tall little sand dune and ah, shangri-la and it's just beautiful and so we set up our beach umbrella and our chairs and we we just hide out there and we get quiet and we we talk and we we don't talk, and we are silent, and we laugh, and then we're silent, and and we stay at a beautiful little place called the Sea Sound, and we just love it there so much, and so we should go down on Friday afternoons, and on Saturday morning, we'll grab a muffin from our favorite coffee shop and hot tea for me and coffee for him, and get on our bikes, and we ride to this beautiful gazebo that we found that overlooks the ocean, and it's just lovely. It's surrounded by sand dunes and seagrass, sea and oh, it's just lovely. And we take our, our phones because our Bible is on our phones, and we just listen to a chapter or two from the Gospels. And we've been reading through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, particularly because of just wanting to watch and observe and look at how Jesus came to earth what his mission was all about, who he really is, and what and how he encountered others in his life. And so we were there one Saturday morning and we're reading through Matthew. And we come upon Matthew 16, verses 13 through 20. And in that uh, short seven scriptures, Jesus tells this man called Peter that he had called to follow him. He was a fisherman, simple man. And prior to this, Jesus has said, hello, Peter, Simon, Peter, come follow me. Simon, Peter lays down his fisherman nets and he follows Jesus. Well, you can read all about that in Matthew yourself. I'm just going to give you a short little quick journey, a lightning round of uh, Peter in Matthew 16 and 17, 18. And so Jesus tells Peter in Matthew 16, 13 through 20, that he's gonna build his church on him. He's like Cephas, he calls him Cephas, C-E-P-H-A-S, which means rock. And he says, I'm gonna build my church on you. Well, that's that's a pretty big deal, right? Hey, just met you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna build my church on you. You're the man. You are the man, Peter. And then in a breath, we don't probably know how long between Verse 20 and 21, but Jesus then they encounter some opposition and, and Peter rises up and, you know, and Jesus says, oh, Peter, no, no, you could not be more wrong. And he rebukes Peter, this man he just said, I'm going to build my church on you. And he actually now calls him instead of Cephas, the rock, he calls him Satan, which in the Judeo-Christian faith means, you know, the enemy. So he's gone in this, these short verses from Peter the Rock, I'm going to build my church on you, to Peter, Satan, get behind me. You have your mind on the things of this earth, not on the things of heaven, not on the things of God. You need to get behind me because you're hindering my work here on earth. Well, just in those short chapters, verses I mean, we see Jesus image something very, very important. (laughs) And my husband and I were just like scratching our heads like, wow, that's really something. And my husband says, you know what? Jesus just let Peter be Peter. He really let Peter be Peter because listen on, as we go a few steps further on Peter and Jesus's walking on this earth together. In Matthew 18, Peter asked Jesus about forgiveness. How many times shall I forgive my brothers? He says seven brothers, seven times. And then Jesus says, Oh no, Peter. No, 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 no. (laughs) Jesus says, you're going to need to forgive your brother 70 times seven. That's a lot of forgiving. Then we go to Matthew 19 and we see Peter asking more questions. Peter asks a lot of questions, which Jesus loves. I mean, Jesus, he was close. He was one of Jesus's 12 disciples. He was one of the 12 Jesus drew very, very near. And he poured his life into these 12 men. So we see that Peter witnesses firsthand hand jesus telling these parables sharing the stories of truth he witnesses jesus do miracles he witnesses jesus doing such incredible things teaching with authority, standing against the authorities of the time then we go to matthew 26 we flash forward and then there's a the whole retelling of the last supper So Peter is listening to Jesus teach and he shares communion with them. Jesus talks of betrayal. And then later, Peter assures Jesus, I will never betray you. Never, never. They're at the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus then invites his three closest to go with him into the garden and that's where, if you're familiar with the story, Jesus wrestles with God. He realizes he's come to almost the end of his mission. He cries tears of blood. He does says, take this cup from me. He does not want to fulfill his mission, which is so encouraging. That's a whole nother story. And he, all he does is he tells Peter and his disciples not to fall asleep, stay awake, t- stay watch for me. Well, the closest three disciples to Jesus, Peter, James, and John fall asleep and ultimately in that garden Jesus is arrested by the temple guards and then he's taken to the temple to stand before Caiaphas but in the midst of that when the when the crowd comes with swords and clubs and the temple guards come Peter once again just goes a bit impetuous like he does, and he cuts off the ear of one of the crowd members, and Jesus just like, you know, he just picks up that ear, puts it back on that person, and he he just lets Peter be Peter. Peter thinks, you know, I'll never betray this man, he's an ardent follower, but then all hell breaks loose. Havoc, I mean, hell really does break loose. The crowds come, the swords, the clubs, the guards, they take him to Caiaphas, he has to stand before the high priest. And all this time, Peter is following from a distance now. I love when the scripture shares that piece of the story. And remember, I'm giving you a lightning round of, of this little peek into Peter and Jesus' relationship. And I'm missing a million things, but you can go and read it yourself. Peter follows him from a distance. And then he sits down with the guards at the temple uh, in the, where Jesus is being Really ridiculed and talked to by Caiaphas, and then Peter's recognized by a servant girl, and he denies that he was ever with Jesus. So then he moves out a little bit to a gateway, and he's noticed again, and he denies it again. This is the 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 Peter that says, "I'll never betray you, Jesus." Well, and then more people start to notice Peter, and he denies it again, and that's where he hears the fulfillment of what. Prophecy Jesus told him during all these, is Peter, you will deny me. You're going to betray me. And not once, but three times. So he hears a rooster crow. And that is the sign that he has actually lived into those words that Jesus has spoken over him. Flash forward again. And we read through that Peter is so sorrowful, so pained by his denial by his betrayal that he runs off and he does repent he does put into action the forgiveness of his self that jesus had talked to him about much earlier and so he's alone and he we read that he actually had what we call godly sorrow he really was truly sorry And in the account of the gospel in John 21, we flash to John's account of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke doesn't share this part, but John does in John 21. We see after Jesus dies and after he's buried and after he's risen from the dead that he actually shows up on the shore of the Sea of Tiberias and Peter and and the others are out fishing. And they see someone on the shore and Peter recognizes that it's Jesus. And um, it's so powerful. So Jesus says a few things and they do a few things, but they finally come on shore and Jesus has breakfast ready for them. This is amazing. And it is in this short passage in John 21 where we see Jesus reinstate Peter to that position of Peter being Cephas. the The man, the one that Jesus is going to build his church upon after he ascends and finally goes to heaven. And he asked Peter three times, which is no mistake, obviously. Peter denied him three times. And Jesus asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Well, love there is agapeo, and it's a verb, and it means to be well-pleased with someone, to be beloved. And, you know, love can be known only from the action it prompts. And so Peter unabashedly is like, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. I love you. I love you so much. And so then Jesus goes, okay, then. So build your, go ahead, build my church. I'm setting you free to, to, build my church, to take the teachings you've heard from me beyond everywhere, to Judea, Samaria, all, to the utter, utter most parts of the earth. So in this, we see Jesus radically accept Peter for Peter. What does that mean to us? Why, would I, why am I bringing this up here today? Well, I really want to go back and and dwell here as we're closing out this conversation with question three of those three questions that I asked in the beginning of our series. Am I ready to be fully human, yet fully capable of receiving God's love and grace in my love and relationships? And what this means to me is that truly loving someone an individual but also loving our humanity other other humans that we are in this world with means to recognize that within them they are human beings and they are going to make mistakes We've all had pasts that were not perfect. We were raised in families of origin that were not perfect. We live in an imperfect world. So our goal here in the Speak Healing Words community is to be imperfectly perfect. And perfect in our study means to be mature, to be whole, to be committed to practicing healthy behaviors and healthy communication skills that ultimately develop a healthy sense of self so that we can live, move, and have our being within our spheres of influence as healthy, mature people. So when I think of my marriage of 35 years and I think of my husband and I think of our journey, our development from 20-year-olds to now almost me, 60, he's 63, these decades have been proving time. They've been precious, hard, amazing, difficult, hell, heaven. They've been all the gamuts, right? But every step and every stage and every season has been to bring us to our whole self, our true self not only individually but as a couple and as our and in our family so that me plus you equals we so i am fully human yes but i'm also fully capable of receiving god's love and grace in my love and relationships so that to me translates i accept That everyone in my life, these interpersonal relationships, these people in my lives are fully human, yet I pray that they are also fully capable of receiving God's love and grace. When I move through my life and my relationships like that, I move through them from a stance, from a position of acceptance and not judgment. place of grace, not a place of shame. When I move through my life, and I'm going to repeat this, I think it's so clearly, it's just so powerful. I move in all of my relationships from a position, a stance of grace. The same grace that my Jesus has for me, the same grace he had for Peter, yet we hold one another accountable. And that's why I had to add part our series part four next week, because we we have to know what that looks like. In Overcoming Hurtful Words, I talk about it as being caught between tough and tender love that's a tension we have to know when to have tough love set boundaries remove toxic people um, maybe separate from really toxic relationships for a season if necessary we have to you know say get behind me satan jesus absolutely took a stand and said oh no peter Your mind is on things of this world and not on things of God. You are a hindrance to me and in my mission. So Jesus models for us this beautiful picture of grace and authority. But he never, my husband and I dug to see, was there ever a time that he judged Peter, like harshly, shamed Peter, um, wagged his finger at Peter? No. No. didn't. And if you can find one, please, please let me know. So just ruminate on that. Think about that. Letting Peter be Peter. And my husband was like, okay, I'm going to let Janelle be Janelle, but yet I'm going to hold you accountable. And I'm, I said, I'm going to let Rob be Rob, the fullest expression of God that he can be, but also hold him accountable. And when you let someone be their self, their true self, they feel safe and known and valued in your presence. It's just beautiful. It means I let go of unrealistic expectations. I don't place anything on him that is uh, too heavy to, to bear. I, I let him be. So let me know your thoughts. And please, if you would, share this podcast. Let's share this news, this good news, this beautiful commitment to being healthy with everyone in our spheres of influence. And if you would be so kind, leave a review on iTunes, and that would be great. So until next time, when we talk about accountability, I pray you have the best of days. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and conversation, please join the Speak Healing Words community at janellereardon.com.